Hi, and welcome to First Bite, a nation's restaurant news podcast. I'm your host, Holly Petrie. Today is Tuesday, January 23rd, and here are your top stories. First, Panera Bread sued a third time over highly caffeinated charged lemonade drink. Lauren Skerritt is the third consumer to sue Panera after she drank two and a half charged lemonades and began experiencing heart problems. Second, what does Wendy's CEO succession mean? The board surprise move leaves analysts banking on a fresh leadership perspective. Third, NRN editors discuss the Carol's and Burger King deal and how the joint employer rule will impact restaurants. Plus, hear from Adam Gertler, first mosher of Doghouse. Fourth, Pinstripes made its official Wall Street debut. Here's what's next. Founder Dale Schwartz is targeting aggressive domestic growth, international growth, and projection mapping for the entertainment concept. And finally, Wetzel's Pretzel's first Access to Equity program graduate finds success with her own store. Daintree McFadden is a black entrepreneur who had SPA loans denied 15 times before opening her first Wetzel store inside a Chicago area Macy's. Now let's dive deeper into one of these stories. Pinstripes' leadership team rang the bell in early January to mark the company's debut on the public market after a special purpose acquisition company deal with Banyan Acquisition Company in late December. The entertainment concept has already been trading publicly on the NASDAQ stock exchange under the ticker symbol PNST. For founder and CEO Dale Schwartz, the Wall Street ceremony is a big step on this journey that began in 2007 when he opened the first Pinstripes location. He considered taking the concept public about six years ago, knowing it would infuse more capital into the business, help build more brand awareness, and help recruit and retain employees. So Pinstriped embarked upon a pre-IPO roadshow in early 2020. We all know what happened then, however. Then Omicron happened. Then the IPO market all but froze last year. Fast forward to 2023, and Banyan entered the conversation and invested $21 million up front as a precursor. For more on this story, let's turn to Alicia Kelso. I had the opportunity to talk to Pinstripe's founder, Dale Schwartz, at the ICR event that was recently held in Orlando. And the cool thing about this conversation is, yes, they did just officially make their public debut through a SPAC uh, agreement. Uh, It was a, a late December announcement, and they officially went public. Um, in early January, officially rang the bell on Wall Street uh, last week. So it was it's a really exciting time for him. In fact, he founded this company all the way back in 2006. Um, and obviously, a lot has changed in the entertainment uh, category since 2006. Um, and, and he's been bullish about this concept well before uh, the pandemic sort of forged a new way of uh, thinking about this type of consumption. Uh, though. So let, let me zoom out a, a little bit here and just sort of uh, lay it out. We Entertainment, you know, as a category is, is certainly nothing new. Dave and Buster's, Chuck E. Cheese, all those types of places have been around for, you know, decades, 30, 40 years. Uh, the conversation has clearly changed though in the past uh, probably four or five years and perhaps even accelerated Um, you know, coming out of that pandemic just after Omicron hit in 2021, because as it turns out, the American consumer shifted their behaviors in a a weird kind of way where we were craving experiences more than things. And there have been uh, several studies indicating that consumers think that's going to stick. They have come out and said, you know, I am 
done spending on things. I'm going to do experiences and travel up to kind of supports that. Um, so entertainment is at sort of the intersection uh, of this. And a lot of that is because these concepts also have, um, you know, eating and drinking. So you can kind of kill a couple birds with one stone. You can go and socialize with your friends and have a couple cocktails and appetizers. And in Pinstripe's case, you can go and play bocce uh, or bowl a couple of rounds. Um, and so, you know, he, Schwartz is kind of striking why the iron is hot here, but Pinstripes has been wanting to go public well before this sort of pandemic accelerated trend. In fact, they went on a, a public roadshow uh, before the, the pandemic hit. Uh, they were looking to to grow this location. He, you know, this is his baby. He founded this. And so he has always wanted to grow, um, you know, it, using this sort of capital infusion, um, but never wanted to do so, you know, by getting acquired by like a Dave and Buster's or something. So going public has always held a lot of intrigue. He He told me. You know, it would infuse that capital into the business, not only to go to the footprint, but also to help uh, build more brand awareness and likely better recruit and retain, uh, you know, employees. So uh, fast forward to now and they they took the spec vehicle, um, you know, to sort of strike while the capital was starting to pick up. Um, you know, we saw a huge uh, IPO market in the restaurant space in 21, but then 22 and 23 got kind of quiet. And out of the gate, we've got um, we've got pinstripes as the first one here hitting in 24. Um, it, it, the deal was done, you know, with Banyan. They uh, invested $21 million up front. And now pinstripes is ready to be where it's wanted to be since that public roadshow in early 2020 before the pandemic hit. And talking with Dale Schwartz, I know now I have a better idea of where that is. Um, the objective now, as he said, is to, quote, put our head down and build value. And how Pinstripes is going to do that is by optimizing both its top and bottom line at every single location. It's got all kinds of marketing initiatives underway. Um, it's a, it, it's adopting exciting new uh, uh, technology. Um, he made mention that his one of his biggest intentions is to keep the brand fresh, uh, constantly updating its buildings. For example, we've seen... You know, a couple of entertainment concepts, especially those have been around a long time, um, maybe get dated and sort of outgrow some of their, you know, some of their activities or their offerings or food and beverage space. In fact, Dave and Buster's uh, CEOs also spoke at ICR and talked at length about how uh, that concept had become dated and it was time for that concept to start put investing back in the business. Dale Schwartz promises me, he promised me that pinstripes will never get dated. They're going to keep this rel this thing relevant. They're also going to grow their footprint. So pinstripes cur currently has 15 locations. They plan on opening at least six more this year. And then its growth moving forward, uh, you know, it includes uh, global. Uh, he wants to go global by um, 2025 or at the very latest 2026. He said that the experiential trends we're seeing here post pandemic are also very real over overseas. So, um, so stay tuned there. Um, I think the thing that's important to note here is that why he's bullish on this development, uh, both domestically and internationally, he's also, uh, really staunch about sticking to, 
uh, Pinstripe's core competencies. Um, and he outlines those simply as bowling, bocce, and bistro. That food and beverage piece, the bistro side, makes up 70% of the company's sales mix. And he said it's a key differentiator in the, in the, uh, in the entertainment space. And if you look at one of their menus, you know, you can kind of sense that it's a chef-crafted menu, you know, everything made from scratch. They've got things like, you know, gnocchi and vodka sauce. It's not just pizza so or burgers. Um, they also, you know, tap into local beers, handcrafted cocktails. You know, they've got a, a pretty uh, robust wine list and so forth. Um, further, its Sunday brunch buffet is really, really popular. He said they average about 1,200 covers per location. And so they're going to extend that brunch um, to Saturdays to drive more weekend business. He said that this has the potential to generate up to a million more dollars per location. So food and beverage is a huge deal here. Um, 70%, like I said. So the other 30, obviously, um, is split between events and that that bowling and bocce. And he's never going to stray outside of that bowling and bocce. Well, we don't want to say never because I don't like saying never. Don't say never. But bowling and bocce. And the reason he wants to stick with that is because he said staying focused is uh, is what's going to differentiate them. He said too many of these entertainment concepts have gotten way too carried away to try and be everything to everybody. He said people have asked him to add everything from ping pong to curling to, of course, pickleball. Um, but he 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 thinks that is, you know, just a, a lack of focus that will create a lack of focus. That said, they are looking, Pinstripes right now is looking at something really sexy called projection mapping. And, um, you know, for anybody who's been to the Van Gogh exhibit, they, they've done projection mapping. It sort of reminded me of, you know, my experience at the Las Vegas Sphere. It's basically just digital uh, imagery mapped over, um, you know, the court, the bocce court or the bowling, uh, you know, the bowling area. And he, he was kind of giving these, um, these examples. So when they, they, they start, they're going to start testing this projection mapping this year. Uh, so e example for Matt, you know, imagine you're standing on a bocce court and it's, if you're standing on the ocean and when you roll the bocce balls, fish fly out of the court or you're bowling with the Flintstones, you know, things, things along those lines. He said that the potential here with projection mapping is absolutely huge. He also believes that it's going to be fun and new and, you know, exciting enough for people to stay longer, um, talk about it more and raise uh, awareness and, and, and increase, increase frequency. So that is what the company is working on now with this capital infusion uh, post Wall Street. Uh, we did get a little bit of a glimpse. They did report for the first time um, their total revenue uh, in the quarter that they reported, which ended January 7th, uh, was up for over 14%. They're at about $32.2 million. Um, and food and beverage revenue, for the record, was 14.2% increase. Um, so... Things are really moving in the right direction here. There's a lot of momentum behind this brand. And Dale Schwartz has ensured me that they are going to, you know, stay focused on their core competencies uh, and not get too carried away and grow smartly uh, domestically and uh, over overseas. So uh, we will obviously keep you posted with this new Wall Street darling um, and report here and, and uh, keep you posted. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of First Bite. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new one. Until then, stay up to date with all your news on NRN.com.